Gordon, we thought we'd do a little jazz-related exercise today, shall we? Shall we talk a little basketball? Indeed. So we don't want to be. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to be negative Nellies and say that the season is over, because because of course we don't know that. But we do have this big old break where the season came to a halt, and we thought maybe we'd make some evaluations on uh, players for the Jazz this season, because a lot of this Jazz season has felt to me, Gordon, about waiting for it really to click, right? And there's been a lot of anticipation about this Jazz team and not a whole lot of living in the moment. Am I, am I feeling differently than you? No, or I think no. a lot of fans have felt that way, like, okay, when this happens, this is going to happen. And when this happens, this is going to happen. I still think those things can be true, but right now we have a break and can look back and evaluate what we've seen thus far. And so we thought we'd take this thing player by player and using just one sentence, one sentence, sum up their season thus far. Now, here's okay. going to be the tricky part because I've known you for a long time and you just sticking to one sentence, um... It might be a challenge for you. Well, we can talk about each player with multiple sentences, but ultimately we have to settle on one sentence, right? We Fair have enough. To settle on one sentence. So, well, I, I think we should work it this way. We all lead with our sentence, and then we can we can talk about why after that. Does that work? Sounds good. Okay, let's uh, let's start off with some of the more obvious and what I think are kind of the more easy ones. Let's start off with Rudy Gobert. And, Gordon, let's give you the honor. Uh, give us your sentence to sum up Rudy Gobert thus far in the season. One sentence. Um, continue on an ascending path. Okay. My sentence is very similar to yours, which is unfortunate. Uh, my sentence for Rudy somehow took another step. Okay. Austin? Yeah. Uh, I put dominated games, altered games, at times looked a little distracted. Oh, interesting. The distracted one. I could see that a little bit because I think there have been some distractions for Rudy. This is not well, any inside info uh, uh, from me by any sort of uh, sort, but I think his contract has distracted him because oh. he's eligible for that super max, and I think he's felt some pressure that he needs to – Mm, prove to everybody that that's what he's worth. And do you, do you think that because he was barking for more possessions of the ball yes. and that sort of thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes when the Jazz looked out of sorts, I think Rudy looked out of sorts. Isn't that kind of interesting? Because wasn't it Rudy who t- talked about certain players in seasons gone by who uh, may have been focusing on their own uh, best interests as opposed to the team's? He has. I mean, he, that was several years ago. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think this, uh, Gordon, and, and this kind of played into my somehow took another step. But the, the league has adjusted around or to Rudy more so than anybody else, meaning the center is less important in the league overall. Uh, the way the defenses are playing the pick and roll, they're all taking away the dunk. I mean, it, it, teams are, are shooting threes, are drawing Rudy out to the perimeter. You know, all the adjustments to playing against the Jazz and then the adjustments as the league as a whole, they move against Rudy, and he somehow managed to take his game to the next level. And that's really impressive to me, actually. Yeah, I remember when we talked with with David Locke about that, David said that uh, that was kind of a fallacy that, that teams have figured Rudy out. Remember when he talked about that and he used some statistical data to back it up? 
Well, I don't but, th- th- see. I think what Locke said was basically Rudy's effect. The, the stats he put out there were Rudy was still effective. I mean, he put a bunch of stats out when he's on the floor. This happens, and he ranks this in the NBA. I think that's where the credit I'm giving him is. Is is if Locke is saying the league didn't adjust to what Rudy does, I don't agree with David. Um, not that I make a habit of not agreeing with David, but if that's the point he was trying to make, I don't agree with that. I think Rudy, despite that, found out a way, found out how, or figured out how to still be effective. Mm-hmm. And it will be interesting moving forward as the league continues to move in the direction of which you speak, how Rudy adjusts to the adjustments. I And I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's kind of intriguing. Well, I think a lot of GMs around the NBA would probably say you'd be crazy to give a supermax to a defensive center at this point in time. Now, you can make arguments that Rudy, and I, w- I would make arguments that Rudy is, get, deserves a lot more offensive credit than he gets, but he's still not a dominant offensive player. So, so if I, Rudy Gobert demands uh, Supermax from the Jazz, uh, do the Jazz, are you suggesting that the Jazz should let him walk? Oh, I'm not suggesting anything, but that would be a difficult decision, yeah. I don't think that's it's a, automatic. That's a, that's a heavy one. It's a it's a huge one because the Supermax you're giving thirty five percent of your salary cap to one player, and I I personally and this this is um, you know Rudy aside I personally think there's like maybe three players in the NBA that are actually worth that. So do you think that Rudy will demand less than that? Mm, you you've uh, been around Rudy for a while, Gordon. You think Rudy would actually demand <laughs> less than that? Because I don't. So I think that's going to be that's going to be an interesting situation because Rudy can can demand all he wants, right? But what what is his actual value on the open market? Well, that's that's very interesting, that whole concept, because if what you just said is true, then you understand why Rudy has is being, quote unquote, affected by his contract. Right. And, and right. by, I mean, if, if he thinks that he needs to be a certain something to prove himself worthy of that, then yes, then give me the damn ball more so I can show that I'm not just a defensive center. I can do other things, too, and that this is just a glimpse at uh, part of what I can do, but I can do more. Yeah, yeah it all kind of fits together, to, doesn't it? Well, I remember one time we had a conversation with Dennis Lindsay about this. And, man, I hope I don't mis, uh, misrepresent what Dennis had said to us. But I, uh, or may, it might have been Quinn. Let me stop and think about this for a second. I can't remember which one of them said it. But one of them said that they wanted Rudy to concentrate sort of on one thing at a time instead of trying to do everything better all at once. And that makes sense. I mean, you can't. What's the old story about you, you can't you can't you take a bunch of uh, thin sticks and you put them all together and you can't break them, but you can break one at a time to break all of them. Yeah, I've it's seen a very that. famous saying there. Yeah. Did I butcher that? Yeah. Anyway, it's it's his progress. Put that on a bumper sticker, huh? <laughs> What's the best bumper sticker you ever saw? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. no, no. What is, we have what a is lot it? of players to get through. Do we need to I, go I know, down this road? I saw a bumper sticker recently. I heard of one that I really, really liked. It said, uh, "Don't judge me." Wait, I see. Don't can. I see. Don't judge me because my I sin differently than you do. I thought that was a good one. Anyway, all right. I my favorite ever has been. Uh, I saw one that said, "My drinking team has a bowling problem." <laughs> 
which I which I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, what's the one, what's the what's the bumper sticker that um, that Owen Wilson says in Wedding Crashers that saves uh, Rachel McAdams' butt when she gets up to give the speech to the uh, to the crowd? It's something like. Love is when one soul expresses its feeling to another or something. Anyway, there's some good bumper stickers out there, although I'm not a proponent of sticking a bumper on a stick, putting a sticker on my bumper of my car. I, I've never really gotten around to doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, when your car is worth, you know, well into the six, six figures, you're not throwing a bumper sticker on there. All right, we sticking with Rudy, or are we going? No, no, no. Let's let's move on. Uh, okay. We have a lot of players to get to, and uh, and we'll do this for a few segments. And if you want to weigh in at home, feel free. You can do the open mic feature uh, on our Zone Sports Network app, or you can tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson at Austin Horton. All right, uh, moving on from Rudy, let's go to uh, let's go to Donovan. Austin, you want to leave us off on this one? Sure. I said Donovan improved, but still does have room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Gordon, where I chose to go on this one, Donovan, learning to be a leader. I think I think this year was more about kind of off the court learning for Donovan than as, as much as it was on the court. Okay, fair enough. And mine, mine is similar to you guys. Mine is greater, but not great enough. Yeah, I, I mean, he has he has a room room to grow. I learning to be a leader on mine, Gordon. I think that this um, locker room situation with the Jazz this year, adding so many players and adding a, a veteran like Mike Conley, who certainly is, you know, getting paid a ton of money and has a, a great reputation. I think Donovan needed to learn how to kind of, you know, the whole "Hey, I'm a great guy and let's go have a lot of fun." It didn't work as well in this particular locker room, I don't think. I, th- I think he needed to figure out how to, you know, still be a leader, but but manage a different type of situation. I, I hope I'm being, I, I hope I'm making sense on that. That is a that is a large leap, is it not? Going from the guy everybody loves and kind of the the guy who's very gregarious and talking to everybody and having fun and making everybody feel good, that's different than a role as, hey, you uh, you idiots, let's all get together here and bust our humps because you're not doing it right now. I mean, that, that coming from a guy like Donovan when he has been what he's been in the past, that is uh, that's a that's a, a, a cat of a different stripe, isn't it? Well, think about this one situation and and how to deal with it from Donovan's perspective. Because you and I talked about this going back to the offseason, that this still needed to be Donovan and Rudy's team, even though they added Mike Conley. They they are the cornerstones, right? So think about one of those cornerstones in, in Donovan and then one of those cornerstones in Rudy. And one of the cornerstones nine games into the season comes out and criticizes the rest of the team for not getting him the ball. So let's say that you're supposed to be one of the leaders on this team. How do you manage that in the locker room? You know, and, and I have no doubt that, that Donovan, you know, managed it and did his best and all that sort of thing. But that's not something he's dealt with before. That would be difficult, right? You have to, because Rudy is Donovan's guy. They've been teammates for years. They know each other very well. Mike Conley and Rudy don't know each other that well. Jeff Green and Rudy don't know each other that well. Emmanuel Moutier and Rudy don't know each other that well. So Donovan has to be the guy to be like, okay, this is Rudy. You know, Rudy's uh, out there playing for contract. He's outspoken. He's got a, a you know, a, a, a very unique uh, personality, and he's not afraid to express himself. So you guys just need to get to know Rudy better. Like, how how would you... How would you handle that from Donovan's perspective? You know, well, I would. I would think Donovan has the ideal personality to to do that. 
I would think so too, but to, I, he's to never really done it before. No, I, I, I get that, but I think that would be naturally easier for him. However, the rumors that maybe Donovan and and Rudy had a bit of a a divide uh, that I don't know the specifics of that. I don't know how deep that runs, or if that was just related to other things or whatever. That that would be a concern. Well, me. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. Throw coronavirus into this whole situation. How are you supposed mm-hmm. to lead your way out of that? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's he's learning uh, quite the lesson with that old thing. Well, nobody knows how to do that. No, but can I you mean, imagine? I mean that that that's a whole new leadership challenge. It is, and to, to, in order to handle that, I mean, we we have heard time and time again that Quinn Snyder has been complimented for his leadership in this regard. But I mean, but Quinn's a you know, a full grown adult who has seen the way the world works and uh, is you know far better equipped to lead through that kind of situation than than a twenty three year old. So uh, uh, we're all trying to figure our way through that one. All right, let's do one more, and we'll do one that's that's not worthy of so much discussion because uh, we're up against it a little bit. We're going to talk to Andrew here in a second. Uh, Jeff Green, and I, I like mine on this, so I'm, I'm going to go first. Uh, Gordon, you ready? Mm-hmm. Jeff Green, so that's why he's been on so many teams. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's the best I could come up with for, for him, uh, Austin. I put easiest roster decision ever. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Gordon, mine is just very simply, bye bye. Hmm. Not a sentence. You know, you know what's great? Yeah, you can have a one. So you have <laughs> yeah, a that one isn't sentence. a sentence. It is a sentence. You can have a one-word sentence. Come you on, have knock to have, it off. Don't you have to have like a noun, no, and a, a subject, and, and a verb? And, yeah, right. And a, Bye bye, Jeff. I think that is would... bye bye a proper word. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that uh, well, okay? It's good enough for my purposes. Uh, this is <laughs> when we t- when we talked with Jeff before the season started. When he first showed up, uh, I-, I was impressed by what he said. I was not impressed by what I saw on the court from him. Um, uh, I, I think that the other, the Jazz are predicated on busting their humps and diving for loose balls and uh, having having a certain attitude. You know, uh, the team is is the team or whatever the, that saying was. Uh, when I watched Jeff Green play, uh, that just wasn't his mo. So here's the comparison I'm going to give you for Jeff Green because this is because I thought about this throughout the season. Like you, when when we interviewed him that time, Gordon, and you, you stood next to him and you look at him, he is he is the perfect build for a basketball player. What is he? Six nine, six ten, long, built, looks like an athlete, looks like he is the absolute total package and it reminds me of do you remember in in major league one of the greatest movies ever when pedro serrano during batting practice in in uh, spring training is just crunching them just crunching them out of the yard one after the other home run after home run and uh, lou brown saddles up and goes geez this guy hits a ton how come nobody else picked up on him and then the other, and then the other the coach goes, "Hey, Eddie, throw him some breaker balls." And then all of a sudden, you see him miss it by two feet, and Lou Brown just yeah. goes, "Oh, well." With Jeff Green, you look at him, you go, "Kyle, how did this guy play on nine teams in nine years? What's going on? This guy has has the 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 build of Kawhi Leonard. I've I've hardly seen anything like it." And then you see him out on the floor, looking lost and barely trying, and you just go, 
Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's there's your answer. There's it. That's it right there. Well, what needed to happen in order for the, to, to to break that? Did someone need to sacrifice a chicken? Probably. And that's, that's what was it. What was the name of uh, of his uh, Joe statue? Boo. What was it? Joe Boo. Joe Boo. <laughs> oh, what a great movie. But right now, Gordo, we're going through the jazz player by player and uh, giving our evaluation thus far in the season in one sentence. Not one sentence or less, as you tried uh, to pull off in the last segment, <laughs> but one sentence. And again, we're not being Debbie Downers and saying the season is over. We don't know that. We're just saying thus far in the jazz season, we're summing up uh, our thoughts on these players in one sentence. For example, mine on Rudy was somehow took another step. Uh, mine on Donovan was learning to be a leader. That's kind of uh, that's that's what we're doing. And I will we'll continue on. We have three down and several to go, Gordo. Yes, we have a ways to go, so uh, let's continue on. Okay, this one, I think we're going to be different on this one, so let's, let's start here. Let's go with Joe Ingles, and uh, we'll let you lead off. Uh, um, uh, let's see. Be more aggressive, take more shots. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. B. Aggressive. B E aggressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I should do that one more time. B aggressive. B E aggressive. B E A G G R E S S I V E. B aggressive. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh Austin? Uh I put he has cared too much about pecking order and feelings. Shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same thing. Uh, mine? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I Jeez. mean, we're agreeing. We're agreeing. Uh, mine for Joe Ingles, his best position is point guard. Oh, come on, Jake. <laughs> that says nothing. <laughs> You're just saying that just to get everybody riled up. No, no, no. No, when did Joe Ingles play his best this year by far? He's not good enough to play point guard. That's when not, he was not, at his not, best. Not, not against quality teams. Come on, that can't be the emphasis. He's too good to stand in the corner. It's not his game. It's not his game. And I, I didn't say he had to be the starting point guard or the primary ball handler. I'm just telling you, his best position is point guard. When he was playing his best, Gordon, it was when Mike Conley was out and he had that distributor role, which complements his shooting game so well, and he played his best by far, when that was happening. He doesn't have to be a point guard. He can do those. He can accomplish those same things from other places. My sentence was his best position is point guard. That's a fact. Well, that, if that is, in fact, true, then Joe Ingles isn't good enough. Because not, not for the level of play the Jazz need. Uh, Mike comes in on Twitter and says, For Joe, more important to the team than I thought. Interesting, Mike. Thanks for tweeting in. At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson. When he's he's a guy who is good with the ball in his hands, Gordo. And I'm not saying that, you know, when you say he's not good enough to play that position, I'm not saying that he's the starter or the primary ball handler for the Jazz or an all-star as a point guard, but his best position that suits his game the best is point guard. Is he the best well, passer on the, the team? The, the, that the, might the, be the case. The reason I'm conflicted by that is because – I think the Jazz are better with Joe Ingles on the floor. Uh, I, that's why I thought he should be a starter. But 
not a point guard. Well, I think he can he can utilize those same skills from other positions, and uh, you know the angles might change a tad bit, but he can still accomplish those things by not not playing. But but that, here's that but position. you say that, but when he was in the starting lineup with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, Gordon, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. So you say you think he can do that, but that's he wasn't effective in that role. He wasn't. Well, then what does that mean for the future, Joe Ingles with the Jazz? Because they are not – if that if that's where he's best, then that's having him there is not in the Jazz's best interest. Why not? It worked out really well. The Jazz won how many, uh, 19 out of 20 or okay, whatever but it was? I, I'm, I'm looking ahead to maybe more lofty things. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the Jazz going up against playoff quality teams. And if Joe Ingles were to be their point guard, then the Jazz would be in trouble, in my opinion. That's not, but see, I think Joe Engels is valuable in a lot of different ways, and maybe utilizing some of those skills that you think makes him a good point guard. Uh, he can obviously pass it when he doesn't do the casual passes. He's great at spacing the floor when he's consistent with his perimeter shot. Um, he's he's got his he's aware. He plays uh, with his head up. And those are all things. I mean, Larry Bird did all those things, too, but he didn't play point guard. Um, Okay. I mean, I I don't think Joe Ingles will ever be Larry Legend. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Well, you're comparing him to Larry Legend. So what are you saying? I just said that that's what Larry did, and he did it from from, uh, his power forward position. Do you, you, uh, as far as points go... So, uh, you know, points per uh, net per 100 possessions, plus or minus points. The starting lineup with uh, Bogdanovich, or the lineup, I shouldn't say starting. The lineup with Bogdanovich, Conley, Gobert, Ingles, and Mitchell. Gordon was minus 8.7. Where in comparison, the lineup with Ingles, Gobert, Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, and Royce O'Neal was a plus 12.6. Yeah, yeah. Well, that seems to be a bit of a discrepancy. Um, by the way, Larry Bird didn't just play power forward; he played small forward too. But um, I would—I don't—I don't know what to say to that, Jake. Is—is is that Joe Ingles' fault? I just think that he's his game is more suited um, to to have the ball more. He's—I uh, don't think he's. Uh, a corner three stand there, and and that's what he does. Type of dude, I think that's. But under- can't he do that from the wing position? Can he utilize those same skills? Mm, he didn't, and that's why I think they moved Royce back into the starting lineup. How much of that had to do with what was going on at the defensive end? Uh, well, let's move on to Royce because I, I think that yeah. that's uh, an all start. And just because you're not going to like it, uh, here's mine for Royce: perfect fit in the starting lineup. Hmm. Yours? Now this is tricky. This is a tricky one for me. I know. We know I, you I, don't like Royce. It's fine. No, that's not it. Uh, I do like Royce. Uh, I do like the spirit with which he plays, and he he gets the most out of what he's got. He just doesn't have star talent. So he's 
He's probably the best on-ball defender the Jazz have, which isn't really saying much, but he is. And and he can and when he's left open, he can hit the he can hit the three. So what's what's your sentence? Good three and D guy. Austin, I wrote you. Always know what you're going to get with Royce O'Neal. I think that's do pretty you really? true. Do you? Because some nights he's uh, he's unconscious from from deep, and some nights not so much. But see, I I think that actually. To bring these all together, I think that's actually kind of what makes him perfect in the starting lineup because they don't need somebody that blisters the nets at that position. They need somebody that can rebound above their size, which he does. Somebody who can play defense against the other team's best player. And whether I, I guess you, we could argue about how effective he is at that, but as you acknowledged, he's better than anybody else on the team. And he doesn't take shots. That's the thing. He, per minute, he's last in the NBA on shots taken. That, Is that right? That lineup with, mm-hmm. with Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, and Boyan Bogdanovich, that's a lot of shots. It is. And so mm-hmm. he, doesn't take, he doesn't take away from anybody. Okay, but the, the – the, okay, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's good sound reasoning. Oh, man, I'm – I'm feeling good then. All right, let's do one more. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's do, let's see here. Should we go with, let's go with a positive one. Let's go Tony Bradley. Uh, I, I'll go first on this one. Tony Bradley, biggest step up on the roster, meaning there was a gap in the line and Tony Bradley filled it and nobody really would have predicted that he would have filled it and he did a really nice job. Maybe not perfect, but who would have predicted that Ed Davis would have been a no-show and that they needed desperately a backup big and Tony Bradley would have stepped into that breach. I give him a ton of credit. Austin? I put carved out himself a vital role on the team. All right. Gordon? I've got a compound sentence here. Uh Uh-oh. I would say nowhere near the stiff I thought he was. And Ole. That's not a compound sentence. Well, that was two... backhanded twice. Yeah, and there was two different thoughts. And you're not as I bad know, as I thought good. you were, but you still suck on defense. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> oh, brother. He did have a few nice blocks as he got a little more comfortable. He's He was so much better than you anticipated. Come on. That's what I said. Nowhere near the stiff I thought he was. Why do you have to insult him? Because <laughs> that, that sentence would well, imply you guys, still... all, you guys are being all namby-pamby about the whole thing. I was calling it like I see it. You That's what I saw. You still called him a stiff. I don't think no. he's a stiff. Well, I didn't really, like I say, indirectly did <laughs> He absolutely did. Not as but he's big not the stiff. stiff. He's not the stiffiest stiff to ever stiff. I mean, he's he's. Uh... Well, how about that, Gordon? He's not Curtis Curtis Borchard. <laughs> Congratulations to Tony Bradley. <laughs> he is a lot. He has made a lot of progress. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're booked up for the rest of the show, so we've got to hammer out the rest of the players in this segment. All right. So are you ready? Yep. Okay, and we've got some big ones too, so we're going to have to make some serious progress here. And let's uh, let's start with one that that uh, I think may or may not be controversial. Let's start with Mike Conley, and I think since this is probably the hardest one on the roster, I think we should make Austin go first, don't you? Yes, that sounds good. To yeah. Me. All right, Austin. Mike Conley. Yeah. One sentence. 
sum up his season thus far, or evaluate is a better word. Okay. Evaluate his season thus far. Gordon will accuse me of being, how do you call it, what do you call it, Gordon? Mamby-pamby? Is that what you call it? <laughs> uh, but here's what I wrote for Mike Conley. Some might say it was a disappointment, but the health issues can't just be ignored. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll let Gordon bring the hammer on this one, all right? Okay. Uh, here's mine. Not as natural of fit as we expected. Gordon? Yeah, I, I like that one. Uh, you're going to yell at me because I have a one-word sentence. No, no, that's that's against the rules. You can't have a one-word sentence. Well, actually, it's a lyric from a song if you want, if Austin wants to sing it. One word from a song? Yeah, we're not summing mm. up their, their season in, in song lyrics. Shout! Bleh. No, not that <laughs> word? Hang on here a second. I'm looking up the, I'm looking I up ring. the song real quick. No, not Irene. Uh what is that from Come On Irene? No, yeah. that's Eileen. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. I do like that song, though. Okay, here it is. Okay, all right. Um, um, all right, here, here it is. This is this is the lyric, and I don't know about the punctuation on it as far as the sentence goes, but it says, anticipation, anticipation is making me late, is keeping me waiting. What song is that? Anticipation by Carly Simon. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Anticipation. I think that's totally appropriate, isn't it? Anticipation, that's what you're going with? For, Anticipation for... is making me late, is keeping me waiting. You want to explain further, or are you just going to let that stand uh, for itself? Well, I think it does speak for itself, but I'm I'm anticipating out of Mike Conley a, a the kind of boost for the Jazz that lifts them to real contention in the West. Now, have we seen that through the the you know for the months of the season where he was available to play? Well, not really, but we saw little glimpses of it here and there, and then toward the latter part, we saw we saw what might be, and I think it can get even better than that. But, but so wait. I'm I'm. I'm not of I'm not of the the opinion that oh my gosh that didn't work what a waste of thirty two million dollars I'm of the opinion that okay that that didn't really turn out the way we thought it might early on but it still might but isn't that anticipation that, man making me wait but that's defeating the purpose of the exercise that was kind of the purpose of the exercise was to evaluate the season thus far because the feeling of the jazz season and granted a lot of this surrounds Mike Conley has been like well when it works or or when he gets comfortable or when he uh, you know adjusts to life not in Memphis we're going to see it then and that's kind of what I thought the evaluation up until this point, I thought that that would be useful because it feels like the whole team has had that feeling this year. But and, wait, and evaluating but, but, it up till now, the, there is no anticipation. But see, you're, you've missed the point. I mean, you, you look like, uh, what's his name? The guy who can't hit the breaking ball. I mean, you, you totally whiffed on this See, one, I think you look you like the namby-pamby who is, is going to keep playing that card. whiffed on it. The fact that I'm still talking about anticipation after these months have gone by, that says it all right there. Mm. That says it all. That it has not, the anticipation has not turned into realization. So why not have that the evaluation as opposed to, oh, it could get better. Well, it could. But that's not the point of the exercise. The point of the the exercise is to look at what is. 
Once again, Jake, you're missing the point completely. The fact that I'm still in an anticipation mode says it all. That you're too soft to say it hasn't gone well. My goodness. I mean. What? What? Am I, am I misreading you? you? You are far too smart to have that opinion. I, here's here, let me justify my opinion not as natural a fit as expected i and and you i believe and i don't want to speak for you but you've written about this you expected mike you know we we have this conversation had this conversation that quinn snyder was a point guard and that you know oh he hasn't had a point guard that he could really use during his run with the jazz it's all been trey burke and dante exum and that brief period we saw george hill was really really good so what is going to happen with mike conley boy it's going to be a perfect fit and they're just going to hit the ground running because that's what this team has been missing. And it hasn't been that. It, it was not that. It was not that perfect fit. Now, to your point, and, you know, not to overly tease you, but to your point, you know, maybe that turns into the perfect fit. But I think we all anticipated the fit being a lot better. And, and maybe it wasn't fair to expect that right at the beginning. But I think it was fair to ex- expect it to happen more so than it did. Now, maybe that's where Austin's point about injuries come in. And maybe that's not being fair to Mike that we're not counting that in. But it certainly was not as good a fit as I expected. Let me repeat the lyric. That's not Antis- necessary. Anticipation is making me late, is keeping me waiting. So we're in a stage of waiting. That sums up Mike Conley's season better than anything I can think of. All right. Let's move on to who is next. Let's go on to uh, Bogdanovich. I'll start with this one, Gordon. This one was maybe the easiest one I had for the roster. Even better than advertised. Uh, okay. I can accept that. Uh, do you want to go next, or do you want Austin to go? No, I'll go. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Bogey is a great shooter and a bad defensive player. See, okay, we'll let Austin go, and then I'll, I'll respond. Mine's again. similar to Gordon's. I said uh, Bogdanovich, a franchise changer, good and bad. How how so on the bad? <laughs> because they're not as good defensively as they, they're not elite defensively anymore because they switched out favors for Bogey. Okay, I, I agree with that point, but I think Bogdanovich is a better defender than I expected. Maybe okay. because I did not expect much, but he's a better defender than I expected. His minutes in Indiana at the four position last year, even though he only played thirty percent of his minutes at the four position in Indiana last year, were not good. In fact, really not good. In fact, you could make an argument that that's the reason they lost in the playoffs last year was because he was playing the four position. Okay. And that has not been the case with the Jazz. It's been far from disastrous. And actually, I think you can credit Royce O'Neal somewhat for that. But yeah. it has not been a disaster defensively like maybe I expected it yeah, to be. Yeah, and uh, the good that he brings, I think, far outweighs the negative that comes along. But franchise change are good and bad. Gordon, you obviously disagree based on your assessment. I, I just look. I, I, it's one of those deals where, where he's he's uh, been such a pleasant addition to the Jazz from a standpoint of where they fell short a year ago. But but because of the defensive struggles from time to time, you were looking around like I was like Austin looking around at okay, what where, where's the slippage here? What's going on? And that slippage uh, part of the time came from that particular spot. 
I don't think he's the most responsible for the slippage, however. Uh, it's been a group effort. And I think more getting beat on the perimeter from the guard line has been a bigger issue than, than Bogdanovich getting beat. That could be true as well, because that was obviously uh, has been important. Here's the deal, though. So many people in the league, and we've talked about this a lot, but so many different positions in the league can hit that perimeter shot. And and so the question with, with uh, Bogdanovich is, is he going to give you more than he's given up? Is he bringing in more than he's losing? He's averaging a career high over 20 points. I'd say right. That's pretty awesome. Right. But you can't ignore the uh, the fact that sometimes he's given back at the other end, mm. you know, and and that does happen. The thing about him is uh, obviously he's he's terrific to have on the team because the Jazz need that kind of shooting. But it's sometimes he's a little sloppy with the ball too. Would you agree with that? Occasionally, yeah. And but um, you know that's not really his role on the team. Let's let's get to one more real quick because I, I I think we need to get this one in, Gordon. Let's get to Jordan Clarkson, uh, and uh, I'll go first off uh, on this one. Perfect fit off the bench. The Jazz were just thirsting for his skill set coming off the bench. I mean, we saw that during the first part of the season. It was such a weakness, and they basically solved it overnight with him, which I think is a big credit to him. Here, here. I mean, I, mine would reflect that in the same way. He, this, this is an overstatement. Okay, this sentence is an overstatement, but he, he's a season saver. But yet, he doesn't play any defense either. Yeah, but think about what that bench looked like before he arrived. No, I agree with you. But I mean, if you're going to criticize Bogdanovich, don't you have to do the same? Yeah, but the, the, the bench was in such sore need of scoring. That uh, I, I, you know, each player has a different role, and uh, maybe you can say that about any any player or many players anyway. Uh, but uh, I, I, without Jordan Clarkson, think about what that what would have happened to the Jazz. I mean, they were getting blown off the floor early in the season before he arrived when that second unit went in. Austin, most important season summer target since big haircut. Ooh, interesting to retain. Jordan Clarkson, who's probably going to make some dough, I'm guessing. That's a good one, Austin. <laughs> that, that is a good one. 